gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. We have hit 360, and this is the first episode in the month of December. The month of November, we dedicated to Marvel, specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The first two weeks were on the history of Marvel, then, of course, the Marvels, and then last week, Loki. All separated with uh, Thanksgiving in there. This month, we have some special, special guests and a review of a film that is going to be a better review episode than probably the film will be. Aquaman. But I had a chance to interview and meet a gentleman by the name of Rick Cosnett. Now, if you don't recognize the name take you back to the flash the flash tv series rick played eddie thawne in the early seasons of the flash and then they brought him back as uh malcolm and cobalt blue and death storm and all these different things but in season one eddie thawne was a main character and has one of the most dramatic death scenes in a comic book property so when i was approached with talking to rick they wanted me to screen his new film And it was just released on digital. So that's iTunes, Amazon Prime, and wherever you can rent or buy movies. And the film is called Shoulder Dance. And it's an independent film. And Rick plays Roger. There's two couples involved, one gay, one straight. And they have a weekend together. Maggie Geha plays Rick's girlfriend. And if you remember Maggie, she was in the television show Gotham. She played Ivy. So there's a huge superhero theme in this in that you know two of the main characters of the film. It's called Shoulder Dance, and it's a lot of fun. I saw the movie. It's a very sexy movie. But you can see it on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Google Play, however you, however you want to watch this film, you can. Rick, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Congratulations on the new film. Your life after Flash is flourishing. Thanks so much for slumming it with us for a little while. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. Thank you so much for saying that as well. Um, yeah, I'm just so, so, so excited about this film and, yeah, all the things that have coming out. Well, let's talk about it for a second. Let's talk to, on the film, um, Shoulder Dance, as we said in the open. Um, I saw it, and it, it's it's delightful. It takes place, you know, over the course of, like, 24 hours. What I'm curious to know, because of the independent nature of it, how does one like you get involved in that? Is that... A typical audition, is that something that's just part of an actor's life? Or did you know somebody? Did you have a friend? Ex- explain that the the background, because I think the movie makes more sense once I know why you got in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, um, it just came to me. It just came through my agents um, and was a straight offer, which is always very welcomed because I absolutely 
bloody hate auditions so much. Um, I mean, they're just so, uh, you know, um, unfortunately necessary, I suppose. Um, but let's not get into that right now. Um, it was it was also the fact that Matt Dallas was already attached to the film. Okay. Um, and I think he's just a wonderful, wonderful actor. So that's always very attractive um, for actors. You know, when you have someone else who you know is really good. Um, and then I was like, all right, okay, let's see. You know, let's read the script. Uh, sort of like just hoping it wasn't bad. Um, and it, it was so good. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe that they had also just trusted me with this character, which is very different to anything I've, I think I've played um, and very different to myself. And it's just this crazy, rambunctious, confident, you know, just man's man, kind of like Jason Momoa-ish energy, you know, just sparkle in his eye, very comfortable in his body, sensual and fun. And um, so, you know, it was definite no brainer. Once I'd finished this, I was halfway through the script and I was like, this is absolute genius. I'd never written, read, read anything that was so accurate about, not to give any spoilers away, but this certain substances. Humanity, they, they make, but it's, a, it's accurate about humanity. It's who people are. Yeah, absolutely. It it really is. And also the substances that they take and well, their emotional life. Well, you went there. I wasn't even going to go there. I'm there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that really brings out your your true your, a lot of humanity, I feel like. That's right. <laughs> Right. I had the I had the keywords that I was going to use, but you know well, we yeah, we spoil things in the superhero world. This one I was going to play it very cool. Well, I you know specifying, um, but yeah, you know those boundaries are just sort of um, you know just come come careening down, don't they? It's and, already and your humanity comes out. It's already yeah. won a, a handful of awards. Um, Maggie Geha, am I saying her name correct? You are, yeah. Yeah. She uh superhero fans will will know she was in Gotham. Oh my and... gosh, yeah. She's got so many fans. We were actually just um, on a text chain this morning about her crazy stalking fans. <laughs> um they're <laughs> they're well, this movie this movie's not gonna this, slow like, that down. <laughs> she's great she's in that just, movie. She's like so sexy in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys okay? So, so at any point during this shoot, it's obviously it's multiple days. I mean, the whole movie takes place in twenty four hours, but you guys didn't shoot it in one day. Um, you're you're hanging out, you're getting to know your castmates. You're you're you're, you're you, you know one of the things that you guys display is chemistry with each other. So it looks like you guys know each other. So just yeah. satisfy <clears throat> the audience of this podcast. Did the subject of Gotham or the Flash come up at any point while filming? absolutely did maggie and i were like because maggie and i play girlfriend and boyfriend right um i sound like a two-year-old <laughs> um, and um because we were playing um and it was just so fun because maggie is so good and our characters are so outrageous they you know at one point we were outside you know getting ready um to come in and we felt like we felt like the villains in Annie you know it was that like, <laughs> so much energy that we were like Bernadette Peters and uh Tim Curry you know that's right, that's right. <laughs> coming to just so I was just, just gonna like, go mess shit up you know um in the, their world it was so delicious and Maggie ugh, is so fun in this film and funny and she's like 
she's just like tan and like just uh it's just like a vixen um and it's all about her hair and um everyone <laughs> the the gay characters in the film are obsessed with her um you know i'm obsessed with her i'm you know we we've been dating for a while but we're kind of like you know we're kind of crazy you know you don't know if we're in like an open thing or not um and yes we were like we really bonded over being you know her and Gotham me on uh, the flash because we do comic cons together and we have a similar oh so you knew base. each other beforehand no we didn't know each other uh, at all none of us did um but we did talk about that, uh, you know, on set. It definitely um, came up. And um, we always joke about Maggie's fans um, on Instagram because they're very active. <laughs> uh, I bet. Instagram can be fun that way. Um, yeah. The rather, I, look, I don't want to know all the, the privacy of, of your conversations. That's not what I'm interested in. What I want to know from a young lady in a show like that is that a positive experience for her? Did she enjoy just that experience of being on something with such a crazy fanatical fan base and being so young and starting out in the business? Um, to be honest, I, um, I, I, we didn't go into that much depth about her starting on the show when she was so young. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but um, that must have been incredible. I didn't know this is information to me, so... Yeah, yeah, that's because, just what I was thinking. I just would want to know that she dug it. Like that that's all the experience oh yeah, like, no, that she you'd want totally to hear. Did. No, she she totally did. She she's such an amazing actress, an amazing artist. And what conversation we did have um about it was how grateful she was to be able to do what she loves in on such a huge platform. And it was a really, really special experience for her. Um yeah. So, and I felt a similar way. So we bonded on that for sure. All right. My last question on the film, and I'm going to try to stay spoiler free. You made a comment at the beginning of the podcast that you said, this is a departure from your personality. Mm. Are you, are you not that affectionate? About, like It's funny because um, he's people, really people... out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then people, you know, when you see me doing it, I suppose, and I see me doing it, it doesn't look that difficult. Like, it's sort of like, um, but hopefully that's, you know, a bit of the, the art of it is making it look, you know, very, um, what's the word that I used to struggle with this energy, which was um, sort of, oh, what are this a certain um ease that's right ease i always had directors saying like okay can you just be a bit more do it with a bit more ease you know because <laughs> i was just like Bleh. um and you see i think for me just mentally as a teenager you see i was very shy mm -hmm. um and very stuck when i got to drama school i couldn't like cry or scream or get angry really i was just kind of mm -hmm. numb you know, but thank goodness to all my teachers and banging my head against a brick wall for a long time, it started to dissipate, you know, back, I started drums when I was 18, so that was a lot while ago now, um, and those seeds were planted, so over time, you know, it's really just, I've really come a long way, but, you know, part of me, when I got the script, was sort of like, you know, um, all these, all these human things come up, like, um, from childhood and when the pressure's on and all that, so, it was definitely a character that I had never played um, before, I would say in a theater or on screen. Um, definitely, you know, 
obviously you know obviously every character is different but um it was it was definitely a big departure for me and just what a great challenge you know um when all these exercises i did on the way to work and before you know i've even got in the car um just helped me every day to come in really hot on, on set every day and i was just in that energy all day um and that energy begets more energy so it wasn't like that exhausting because you know um once you're doing it authentically it can kind of um you're riding that wave basically um which is what i've always been um i've always been searching for but never really been able to do until really recently in this character you know all the other characters didn't really require this um but i was always sort of searching for this freedom and um it really helped me like in my acting and my personal life as well just doing this role you know oh <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast we could do <laughs> um <laughs> you know you you mentioned uh theater and thinking about the film it could be a play i mean it, it takes place yeah. in like two rooms i mean es yeah. essentially people said that when we were filming it yeah it feel yeah it has that it has that uh genuine feel of, it does of have that feeling it has that feeling it's so fun like that and i feel so comfortable and comfy in the theater when i first got to la i had a whole string of film and tv auditions and i wasn't very good at auditioning back then <laughs> for film and tv and then i had one theater audition and i was like Ugh. i was like right you guys better sit down because right. I have got this, you know, because you have furniture when you audition, you have a place to be, you can use things, you can sit down, you know, whereas, and then you and it breathes TV, confidence. You're standing on a piece of masking tape in a room and you're trying to react to your circumstances as an actor, but you have to do the opposite. So it's kind of a different skill. Um, but something that I, you know, have uh, had to obviously develop that and fun to do that too. But I just, I think I, I, I just done so much theater because it's, you know, so much easier to train in the theater and cheaper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've had a lot of voice actors, not to go off too far on a tangent, but we've had a lot of voice actors on the show and voice actors from a certain time, let's say the mid nineties, uh, mm -hmm. they would record them as these big radio plays. And so actors would get to see their 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 co-stars, even though it's a it's animated. It would be they would they would act off each other. Whereas now, together. well, the now movie. they're all on Zoom and they're all on you know in closets and they're recorded all separately. Yeah, and it's so weird, and it must be. I would think it's so much harder that way. Yes, it is, but you you end up uh, you know developing that skill. And then you just, um, you kind of just, it's almost like just taking something and, and switching, you know, angles um, because it's the same, it's a similar process, but you're just using, you know, different things. You're using your imagination. I just did um, uh, this voiceover for the new Doom video game. Oh, very um, cool. And I'm playing like the baddest guy in it. It's so much fun. It was, um, they sucked it out of me in like two and a half hours of my awesome. performance. But it was, I was at the end of it, just drenched in sweat. And um, it was very like physical, you know, performance. <laughs> um, but awesome. uh, it was just me and the other people. Um, but I'm just because I've become so used to that, you know, um, obviously now even more so with Zoom audition, like callbacks, you or you do the tape yourself and then you do yeah. the callback on Zoom. 
Um, so you get used to it strange. and you, you, you know, you use your imagination and uh, different things, but yes, there's nothing like being in the room with the other people because that is acting, you know, acting is reacting, right? right. So you get yeah. to actually just do that. Um, yeah. It's funny that you say that because, uh, you know, I teach a I teach a class, actually, a college course on podcasting. And a lot of people say, how do you do these podcasts? And what I don't do and I have notes here, but what I don't do is I don't plan my questions because the whole Fantastic. idea is to react to your answer and to hear what mm-hmm. your words are. And that's the best way it's an intimate dialogue. Whereas yes. if I'm just yes. checking a list and making sure I cover X, Y, and Z. Yes. I have to get to the flash pretty soon. There are people screaming mm-hmm. at their podcast players and they're saying, come on, get to it already. We want to know having that. fun. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. leave me the alone. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's <laughs> talk about it. Um, the flash TV show, looking back at it now, now that it's finite and that yeah. it's over. And it lives on because it's on all kinds of streaming services and whatnot. But the show as it is, as an entity, has ended. What is the the, the thought that goes through your mind, either at Comic-Cons or just in, in your daily life, of that chapter of your life? Oh, my gosh. Um, just a roller coaster of emotions, personally um, and professionally and with my character. And uh, just the most special experience, one of my, you know, the biggest things that has ever happened to me in my career. I'm so grateful for it. It was so special from the very beginning when I even got the audition script. I just saw the title and I just knew this was like class. I was like, this, this look, it's such a classic comic book. My character was so clear. It was so fun and funny to play this irritatingly awesome, able, um bodied human who was also so lovely (laughs) um and you couldn't really fault him which was just so hilarious um but but um the chemistry scenes with candace Patton. yeah i mean this candace you know the i was just about to say you know the chemistry between candace and i was so special to me and still is and she's still such you know a close special person to me um and then you know grant as well just seeing him on arrow um those two episodes that he did i was just absolutely mesmerized by his performance i thought it was so authentic i was just mm-hmm. so excited um about it and jesse l martin who's one of my best friends now oh great um, you know getting to act with him and just be in between takes with him in a cop car while he would just right. start you guys singing. Were in the police force together right yeah, he would just start singing with this iconic voice, you know, that <laughs> I heard in my own time. I was just like, what am I? This is amazing, you know. <laughs> it was such a special time in all of our lives. I took the, the plane up there with Danielle. I audition, I had my last audition with Danielle as well. Um, oh, Danielle Pennebaker, who's been on this podcast. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so, you know, that was special. Um, they all have kids now, which is cool. Yeah. Carlos Valdez is just an an absolute uh, prodigy, um, you know. Uh, so, and Tom Cavanaugh, hilarious. And he yep. grew up um, also in Africa. So we have this hilarious um, the connection because I always love to do the, the ladies who um, were in our district who are similar to him. 
I'll do this voice. I just, I, I would love to bring a salad, Tom, for you um, next week for tennis. But Bruce, Bruce is doing the sermon, shame. Um, <laughs> he's such a riot. And I only got to act with him a few times, but when I did, it was hysterical. He's a, such a wild card and so amazing. Um, so, you know, it was just super, super special. Um, and then, you know, when I died, it was just so awful and so tragic, <laughs> but so bittersweet and um, so beautiful at the same time, because I always, Thunder Sub was my favorite cartoon uh, growing up. And it was sort of, a, it was a kind of an anime. And um, there were these two twin boys, blonde twin boys, and one of them was called Rick, and they were really sick in the film. And there was this glass capsule over them and they were dying and this, this beautiful girl, April, was crying over them with a tear coming down, you know, and I was so affected by it. Um, and then these twins died, you know, and I told everyone the next day at school in grade three that I, I had acted in the cartoon. <laughs> and most of them believed me. Uh, the few people I think were a little bit like, wait a minute, um, I can't be right. Uh, but with so little hand. <laughs> I uh, I've always dreamed of dying very dramatically on television and having oh it's so noble cry over me so it happened my dreams came true um, be careful what you wish for <laughs> well you know I I was so curious when I knew I was having you on I was thinking about directions we could go and you know I consider that moment to be so noble that your character the ultimate sacrifice, knowing what he can prevent. Um, you know, the the whole timeline uh, plot twists take really weird twists and turns in the later seasons. And we had, uh, we, we, we've had, we've, we've done a, a lot of uh, podcasts on the flash and, you know, I think the biggest challenge for the flash from season three on was you guys had to do 22 episodes. Nowadays, yeah. these superhero shows are eight or ten, and they're produced like movies. And you guys had to take a plot line, not what you guys, the, the collective, yeah, the, take a every, plot line yeah, and production, right? And they had to stretch it out over twenty-two episodes, and it was that's really really hard. But in yeah. season one, when when everything's hitting on all cylinders, and you see that that amazing scene, you you see it on the page, so. The obvious answer is, well, I'm out of a job, so that sucks. <laughs> but from the artistic standpoint, what about that moment as being one of the quintessential moments of the nine years of that show? I know. It was, it, it turned out, thank goodness. I mean, uh, it would be terrible if it was just sort of like a, <laughs> you know, something that, that just went unnoticed. Um, but, oh, you know, it was it noticed. Was such... it, the, that was a shock. No one saw that coming. I know. Social it media was, it existed so and it never leaked. I know. I know. I know. I just remember sitting on the side after I filmed that scene, sitting on the side of the set, eating a um, toasted cheese. Um, I hadn't had bread for since, you know, 1972 at the time because I was in such good shape for the role. <laughs> but um, it was, uh, you know, um, it was such a crazy moment um, in time. And we were actually, um, we had to rush the scene because we were behind. But Jesse and Candace, I'm going to cry now, but like they were, um, they were just, you know, they were just so there emotionally. Um, 
because it was it was the end, you know, for, for me and the end of our like friendship in the way that what it was. So it was like, you know, they were just using everything I think that was in real life. And the thing that I I think was good that I remembered, thank goodness, you know, Roberto Benigni in Life is Beautiful plays against the drama and smiles when he's saying goodbye to his son. And um, I just thought it would be so much more powerful if I was strong and just smiled through for them. You know, I was, I was strong for them. And, um, you know, that ended up being so much more effective, I think, for the audience to see me being strong. It's just like, it just it's so much more moving to see someone trying really hard in a moment of, um, of, of, of challenge, you know, yeah. Listening to you though, talk about that, that moment. What I, what I hold it to is the standard of the screen, not this is a great superhero show moment. That's not what that was. That was drama. That was intensity. That was a shock. And it's a shock without having to be gory. You know, you, you, I don't need to see your head get blown off. You know, that it, there's no, yeah. it, that's not what it was. We, what it was, you can't, and you can't recreate it now because it's been out for a decade now. But at that moment, at that, at that exact point in time, uh, that's as good as anything in any genre that was out there. And you guys nailed it. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. That means the world to me. Yeah, I think it's it was it was just you know a magic coming together of writing chemistry story and we 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 we'd been working so hard and loved the story so much all of us you know that it it did come to this beautiful you know and 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 the timeline thing and everything is in one and then yep. as you know human beings because so many people come but it was up simple then and like say, I, I haven't but- cried you know. I didn't I, until you know I saw you die or something, and it just means the world to me because I think you know subconsciously we react to that human moment of losing something so quickly, uh-huh. in 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 such a short moment and so so unexpected. Yeah. Well, crazy. It's it's a it's a it's a great moment. Um, before we we, we let you go, they did ask you back at the end. I thought that was a nostalgia moment. I couldn't explain the plot to it at all. And I told Eric Wallace that um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why and how and whatever, but it must've just been cool as they're wrapping up to get to be a part of it again. Oh my God. It was so great. It was, it was just, what was that phone so... call? Like who did somebody call you and say, Hey, we're getting the band back together. Yeah. Um, they, 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 like six months before we filmed, they asked me if I was available um, and I, if I would do it. And, uh, you know, I just jumped at the opportunity. I, I never wanted to leave the show. So I always loved it. Um, and um, I would have done it, you know, in a heartbeat, no matter what was happening. So we cleared the time. And um, I just also loved the fact that I was finally you know, going to succumb to all those things I could have succumbed to in season one, but never did. Um, and that my negative, you know, the negative versus the positive forces, um, you know, that my negative brain got the better of Eddie finally, um, because, you know, he was just, he always rose above and was the opposite of that. But 
very often we have that choice every day, you know, in every moment we have that choice of the negative and the positive. And I think that's all what all superhero shows, you know, in some way are based on. It's the good and the and the evil, it's the light and the dark, it's the negative and the positive. And it's the thing that we all struggle with and have those things inside of us. It's the angel and the devil, you know. Um, so I'm really related to that. And um, I thought, um, yeah, I, I just was so happy to be back in the little, in the sandbox, just, you know, um, yeah. bookending, bookending the thing, which was a special experience. Yeah, it was really, really neat. Um, one last uh, thing listening to you made me think of two quickies. Uh, have you seen the commercial with Ryan Reynolds and Grant Gustin? I have not. Oh my God. This <laughs> It's a, it's for a mobile company, I think in Georgia and uh, Grant plays a, uh, a cell phone repairman or something like that. And at the end, Ryan Reynolds out of nowhere just goes, you know, you'll always be my Barry. (laughs) Oh my God. No way. And and Grant replies is you'll always be my Hal, like for Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. That's so funny. Oh my God. If, if you want, I'll send it to you. It is so funny. Please do. Oh that, God, is that is so, so good. Funny. Oh, what a I'm sure they had amazing chemistry too. So fun. That is so fun. All right. The film is out on digital, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Amazon Prime, however you can get movies, you can. Um, yeah, what else a, yeah. are you working on now that the strike is over? People are getting back to work. What can you tell us? And yes, there's a certain amount of joy that guests on this podcast say. When they are tell us that they can't tell me something that they're working on, that's fine. I can give you your moment to revel. What can you tell? That's not me. (laughs) I can tell you everything now. Thank goodness, because the strike is over. Um, Yeah, so shoulder dance, uh, so great, which is why we're here, and it's out on Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play, as we were saying before, hilariously on DVD. If you really want a DVD. And um, somewhere else, but um, your links on my Instagram at Rick Cosnet. Um, I'm going to put them up after, uh, in a moment. And um, uh, you can also see me um, in the new Apple TV series, Palm Royale. Oh. Uh, hasn't got a release date yet, but it's got an amazing cast. It's Kristen Wiig, Laura Dern, Allison Janney, Carol Burnett, Ricky Martin, Josh Lucas. Um, so that's super exciting. You can also see me in the Holiday Exchange, which is coming out, I believe, this Christmas. Um, it's me and Taylor Frey. Um, Kyle Richards has a cameo in it um, from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I was very excited about because I love that show so much. Um, <laughs> but you didn't say but, that on set. You were very, very mature. <laughs> no, I was a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor goes, you go to Kyle. He's like, you see that blonde guy in the corner obsessed with you. So then she was like, she was playing it up for me. And I was la- just laughing up every little morsel. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hysterical. Well, congrats on all of that. And uh, maybe you'll come back. Maybe Palm Royale. When, when, when we get a release date, we'll have you back. I cannot wait for you to see that series yet. It's, it's really good. Let's do it. Rick, but shoulder thanks. dance, more importantly, like such a romp. And yeah, a very, very, very... I'm proud of it, this film. It's great. That's great to hear. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, I'm not saying that. But you already agreed to do the podcast. I didn't have to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's 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 very very good. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for for doing this. Uh, 
much success to you and just don't be a stranger come back to the show thanks Seth. i definitely will definitely will you're amazing likewise that is rick cosnet here on the hall of justice podcast next week there's only three words i can use to discuss this amazing person that we're going to be having on she's ms marvel's mom zenobia shroff is with us here on the podcast next week we'll talk about ms marvel the marvels all of it with ms marvel's mom i can't wait to say that <laughs> we'll see you then Believe it or not.